Let's find out. Music, 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 music. He still remembers these lines, folks. <laughs> Tripping balls, two hundred and ninety-two, possibly. Wow, well, going to hit the big three oh oh next year, eh? Hey, that Wolf Mother album wasn't bad. Quite enjoyed that. It wasn't bad. I, I mean, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't as good as the Darkness album, though. No, he's still, there's just an element of wankery to him <laughs> Yeah, that you can't. Uh, and also, it was it was a first draft in a lot of cases. A lot of those songs really felt like nah, the first okay. crack. Yeah. He had not spent a lot of time on them at all. Well, probably doesn't have to in the Spotify era. No. Well, he just kind of jizzed it out and, and it was an independent release. Uh, and it, it did feel like, as, as Adam and I were talking about, uh, on on. Dreaming Balls tonight. It certainly feels a long way from the other kind of 70s pastiche album that we listened to, which is also the Joker album that we've got on the docket for this week. Silk Sonic, mm. uh, An Evening There With. So this album made me wish that I was more into R&B. Heroin. Heroin. <laughs> no, because I actually, I thought, the, I thought musically this album was like pretty tight do you mean do you mean r&b like the traditional kind of motown r&b or do you mean like funk and soul r&b like old yeah. school r&b yeah what they're doing here yeah. yeah like like this is this is obviously part pastiche part homage uh, like part piss take of the black exploitation sort of soundtrack you know that i don't feel like there's there was anywhere near enough piss take it felt it felt pretty you reckon it was Pretty straight down the line? Okay. Because yeah. I, I just, I don't know, the fly is me. Like, can you run, write those lyrics unironically? <laughs> I think if you're Andy Park, I think you probably can. can. yeah. Because that's kind of his shtick, yeah. I mean, Adam wanted to build this up as being a, a Bruno Mars album because I, I don't think he has a lot of knowledge of, of your, your boy Anderson okay. Park's um, uh, gear. But... Um, when I listened to it again in the last week or two uh, for this, I kind of deliberately went out to listen for the for the for the the park life, and it's interesting that the songs I like the most are probably the ones that are more dominated by 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 Andy Park. Yeah, and he's I'm going to call him Andy because we're mates, obviously. They've got a um, they've both got pretty decent voices, like yeah. Uh, Brute, Brute. And even if they didn't, they were going to throw enough money at the production to make them yeah, make sure they sounded like they did, too. which is all the money they didn't spend on on Andrew Stockdale's Vanity Project. Like Bruno Mars is just not my thing, right? I just it, yeah, he's a bit plastic. Yeah, um, like super super talented dude, obviously. Yeah, uh, very very good at making a very very um, impressive replica of something that went before. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much what we got here, isn't it? It's like a really lush, high-budget recreation of late 60s, early 70s, soul, R&B. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, the, odd, the odd bit of funk. 
Um, it's absolutely as advertised. I do think it. I do think it started to, like, some of the ideas started to fall off a bit. I, I do really like. There were ideas. <laughs> I do really like Anderson Park's voice too. I think he's. Yeah. I, I, I'd be interested to see him. I don't know. He seems sort of um, uh, tethered by that. Like he's sort of in that Kendrick Lamar new wave of really yeah. um, mumble rap trap beat yeah. influenced. Just like yeah, kind of thing. I, I, I actually enjoyed him more doing straight. Seventies yeah. funker and B ripoff than than the stuff he does for himself in an old kind of way. Well, there's that that um that tiny desk that he does where he sings more than he, he raps, and it's that same sort of instrumental acoustic. And because it can't be run through Pro Tools a million times, like yeah. I wonder whether this sort of stuff too, and, and these guys suffer a little bit from the perfectionism that that Hilltops have, where it's like, well, we can record this in just absolute perfect conditions and we can tweak it to it within its inch of its life and when you put them in a in a forum like the tiny desk where it's you know it comes out of their mouth and straight into the recording they often sound a lot better because you know they can't play around with it and try and get it exactly how they want it in their head yeah they can they can run some inline stuff Mm. and some some you know live effects and so forth but yeah, there's a limit. You can't no, do any post production. You can't go back and listen to yourself and go, "Well, I actually wanted it to sound like this, and I wanted it to sound like this, and I wanted it to sound like this." So, yeah, yeah, it kind of it does sort of bring you back to the. And we think about this a lot with legacy bands and with bands, and also bands that are clearly doing a version of something that has been done before. As as we, you know, you could argue that everybody's yeah. doing a version of something that's been done before to a greater or lesser extent. But uh, an album that is so overtly you know, a homage, a pastiche, a tribute, a rip-off, uh, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, what, depending on your um, – it kind of depends on your attitude to it. If you enjoy this album, you're going to call it a, a tribute. And if you think it's – you think you don't, you're going to call it derivative, you know, pastiche, yep. rip-off, whatever else. But it reminds me of, of like a um, – there are like these um, companies that do – really perfect replicas of like 60 sports cars in fact some of the some of the companies that made this like jaguar and aston martin are making these replicas or, or not replicas they're actually remaking new old oh, sports yeah, cars yeah. like aston martin have done a, done a run of of kind of golden eye like like db5s that were like like the one that we were in um not golden eye uh, goldfinger um, ja- Jaguar have done a, a run of, of various really high-end E-Type so, Jaguars. So modern and, internals, but um, a, a, like a classic look. Not necessarily even that. Often it's it's literally it's it's like stamped with the same tooling. Now, they might run a slightly up, upgraded version of the same engine, but they're not putting in like okay. an electric motor or anything like that. They do It's pretty much, pretty much as it is. Um, and the idea is that it's meant to, you know, it's supposed to look and feel exactly like the original. Um, and that means, but it'll start yeah. on a cold morning, and, and you know, it, you know, it'll pass the emissions rule. Don't like fall that. apart after five minutes. And you think, okay, so they don't have the flaws of the original, but you know, in every sense, they're not the original, and that's what I think of with it. With this, this, this album feels like a really ex- like an expensive replica. They've gone to a lot of trouble to rebuild it exactly the way it was, mm. but because they haven't yeah. included the flaws well, and the glitches and the the fact that there's no there's no quirks to love there are no yeah. indulgent wank songs it's all it's all killer 
it kind of makes it well, it's, definition, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit too perfect. It's a bit too perfect a lab recreation. It, it's isn't lacking it? the dirt, as abdominal would say. You need that dirt. Exactly right. Yeah, and, and you can never really transcend. You know, being a recreation. So it's, it's almost like you need to do what, like the singer Porsche people do. Like the singer, a company who take like like 90s and 80s 9-11 Porsches and they totally re-engineer the insides and they stick bigger engines in them and they, they you know there's lots of people who do these sort of resto mod things um and I feel like you know that, that's what if you're going to rebuild it at least at least put a bit more meat into it the, the problem is that you know at its best this was you know Funkadelic this was uh, Parliament this was all, yeah, all that kind was, of stuff but at its there at was its some pretty best, saccharine R&B sort of uh, drops yeah and some yeah. pretty cheesy beats I, I, I hate to drop this word in here but i'm going to and it's worse jamiroquai yeah no good call good call and that's the that's the thing with jamiroquai that used to get me it was like you you you'd get to these songs like these filler songs and you're like guys but you just did some real you know you really fucking gave it your all and and you were starting to get to, this, to some heights. Why are you going back to this Muzak elevator music stuff? Um, yeah. But I mean, but Jamiroquai could also do a pretty good version of a thing that sounded, it was more disco and yeah. it was more, you know, Canned Heat, which didn't actually sound like a song by Canned Heat. It sounded like a song by fucking Donna Summer or something. But it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it, I have to find the bangers, the, the more upbeat sort of funk numbers, like, 777 and Flyers Me definitely worked better. I mean, 777 is a straight James yeah. Brown ripoff. It's fucking Bruno Mars, you know, deep in his fucking James yeah. Brown bag. The one, his papa had got a new version Which, of. The, and, there's, and there's worse people to rip off if you're going to rip. Yeah, as long as, you're just, as long as you're just doing it, you know, between the lines, you're not ripping off all, all his uh, offstage yeah. stuff. Um, James Brown is The dead. funny thing was, like, I found some real similarities between this and Buffalo Nichols, right? In that uh, I thought the musicianship was excellent and it was a really uh, like solid version of what they were trying to do. But the thing with the Buffalo Nichols album is I got about four tracks in and I was just bored as batshit. I was like, it's grim. It's really not that much fun. It's grim. Well, here's the thing so, so Buffalo Nichols has done a really pitch perfect version of. Like, he's from the Robert Johnson yeah. line yeah. of sort of old school, like the, yeah. the originators of kind of of the blues. When the blues yeah. were the blues, we're not talking fucking Led Zeppelin. No. Um, 12 Bar Blues, yeah. Uh, electrified Blues. We're talking dudes sitting on fucking railway tracks at the, you know, in, in somewhere in the Midwest, sort of acoustic, acoustic blues, you know, selling yourself to the devil to be able to play guitar sort of stuff. He definitely has the blues. Um, and yeah, and, and, and it's, it, it's well acknowledged that this... Um, although it doesn't pitch itself as a period piece, it definitely oh. is a, a period piece. It is definitely uh, whether it tends to be. There's or not. nothing modern about this at all. I don't reckon. Like there's, yeah. Like if he was wearing shoes when he recorded this, I would be surprised. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he he was yeah. probably sitting on a railway sleeper inside the studio. That's that's how authentic this is. No, he was sitting in fucking bundle lift on a fucking on a freight but train. But the, the the thing is, and the, and this is what and he was going to Chicago. What sort of um why I related this to the to the um Silk Sonic album is occasionally they got too wrapped up in being authentic to what they were trying to do and not actually write some decent fucking songs. You yeah. know, okay, dude, yes, you can, you know, you look like you've got two teeth, but. 
can you write something that I want to listen to, please? Because I actually quite, I quite like the like the old school version of this. There's there's bits and pieces of that that I really like, but this was just grim to listen to. Like it was a once through and like holy shit, I'm glad I'm finished that. Um, yeah, it, it, it was. I was glad it was short. Yeah, I had hot. I, pr- I appreciated its brevity. You know, his blues. He got over his blues probably because he died of some horrible illness or got shot for making off with another man, woman, uh, or something. Like the, uh, the, the, you know, the, um, you know, the sort of rap on the, 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 the rap on the cover of the album seemed right down my alley. I thought, oh, this sounds really interesting, but yeah, nope, no, no, no. All right, give, give me your. Like, by curious is just one of those. I have to hold my head in my hands and say this is just not for me. So I, I, I don't feel like I can comment on it uh, with any sort of certain knowledge. So you asking me what this was, well, or whether it's any good? Because I just didn't enjoy it. Like I, I was hoping you knew what it was. I don't <laughs> know what it is. I, I genuinely like. I did not tweak when I picked this out. These guys, they're they're an instrumental act. Yeah. Even though, even when it said this is an instrumental act in the fucking bio, yeah, um, and but they're this, good at uh, they're good at drafting soundscapes. Yeah, but um, not not like Dakota Ring good at drafting soundscapes. So was, different sort of soundscape. Yeah, true, true. I'll give it yeah. Um, but I mean, I remember listening to this album, and I remember thinking, "Oh, that's quite good." But I don't remember anything about it, no. and I listened to it multiple times. It's like it's like the lack of lyrics stops it from penetr- stops it from sticking, stops it from lodging or something, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, but that, you know, that's real Dakota- music should shouldn't have that problem. I just I couldn't couldn't figure this album out. The the two Dakota Ring albums, I quite often have those riffs. Like I'll be sitting there working on something, and and I'll be like, you know, deep in that concentration mode, and I'll find myself sort of tapping out the riff, and I'm like, oh, I'm listening to Dakota, possibly because. I quite often put that album on when I want to concentrate because it's got no lyrics to listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this just slid straight off my brain um, and did not catch it all. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember not finding it obnoxious. I remember finding bits of it interesting. I think uh, "We're All Totally Fucked" was the song that kind of stuck the most because because it actually has has a lyric or two. It was probably the song that was in the. Um, in the, the the Discover Weekly playlist that, that led me to them in the first place, which is possibly why I didn't realise they were instrumental act. But yeah, it um yeah I don't I don't know what this album is and I don't know what anything is and uh, this just added to my end of year trying to get everything done at once kind of confusion. Shall we put seven 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 on the boys playlist? Uh check the lyrics first. Yeah, that that's a, true. they're basically just t- they're talking about you know getting lots of money for the strip clubs and stuff like that. So I, you might want to just uh, <laughs> I, I I I just just, just uh, run it through your own um, your own kind of parental filters first, and then then see how you go. But Flyers Me probably works just. Yeah, well. I was gonna say like Fly Flyers Me is one of those songs where I listen to it and I'm like, I find this hilarious. This is yeah. <laughs> it's just. But that's the thing. That's that's the points at which Silk Sonic worked the best was they yeah. were being ridiculous and, and being over the top and well, being James Brown and sort of that kind of fucking no one can touch me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the greatest of all time, that kind of James Brown, Muhammad Ali, ridiculous bravado. Um, but there were too many songs that were kind of simping songs, you know, they're just fucking, you know, just being fucking wet, being not wet, just wet and damp. 
just being kind of soppy and damp. Yeah, too too much Bobby Brown for my liking. <laughs> At least Bobby Brown had beats in that New Jack swing. Uh, all right. I needed more Bootsy Collins. So you uh, you tweeted me our Joker album for the, for the last round for the year, which I heartily agree with. Yeah, so I, th- I think um, yeah, you tried to give us the the Paul Kelly Christmas album yeah, a little no, while ago. Let's go with this one. I didn't I didn't know where, I wasn't quite sure whether Paul Kelly's Christmas album involved the that fucking gravy song or not. Oh. I didn't check because that fucking gravy song, man. Yeah. I don't have an opinion about the song. I'm just sick of the fucking discourse about the fucking gravy song. Yeah, it's like I muted gravy on Twitter this week. <laughs> Look, I'm really happy for Paul Ke- I really Kelly. I really like gravy. Really happy for Paul Kelly because what did he, he actually tweeted? Happy, you know, happy gravy. Um, uh, you know, royalties day because everyone plays yeah. it and uses it in the news. Like every time it gets used in the news, he gets paid royalties. <laughs> Well, that's even funnier than the, that fucking Gravy Man Twitter account that was bouncing around. It's much funnier than Paul Kelly is like, you know, I, I'm just using this to buy heroin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm allegedly, not, I'm not, I'm not down with. Like, I love Paul Kelly, and this just makes me like him a little less. And I would like people to stop. Yeah, it's like I, I was talking to Adam about it, and I said, it, it, "These are the same people who." who unironically claim Horses is a great song and sing it all the fucking time. <laughs> I was like, you're not, you're only doing it to be seen to do it. You're not actually fucking doing it because it's a good song. Hmm. It's like some kind of badge of cultural fucking belonging that you, you claim this song yeah. that, that means something to you when it fucking doesn't because none of the middle-class white cunts who like this song have, have ever had any relative in the fucking clink or any kind of uh, shit going no. like that. No, no, It's a little bit like uh, Scott Morrison saying that, um, you know, some people can afford the tests and some people can't. And I thought, well, I'm pretty sure you don't know anyone who can't yeah. afford to buy a test. <laughs> so you, what do you care? Yeah. Uh dear. And ver- very Christian of him. Well, I suppose very, uh, yeah. very uh, prosperity Christianity of him. Um, Welcome back to our music podcast. So, what 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 is the actual name of the Earth Boy album? Uh, I want to say Jangle Bells. Jangle Bells, yes. Jangle Bells. So Earth Boy, yes. We, we buried the lead. Um, yeah, Earth Boy has done a Christmas album, which kind of fits our. I think last time you and I were on a pod together, we were talking about the dad raps. Oh, rap, rapper rap, dad. Rapper dad's up to episode five. If you're if Shit, you're following when, rapper dad, because when you said the um, you know, you, you were you were lamenting the fact they're only up to two. When we yeah. recorded that episode, that had only just dropped the the second one with with uh, your man DNO on it. Um, so who who else has joined the rapper dad? Um, I'm just trying to see. It was definitely um one another alley an alley guy. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to look it up because it's not. <laughs> Funnily enough, it doesn't come up highly in the uh, in the YouTube when you search YouTube. You really got to look for it. Um, you mean you're the only person who's yeah the, the only person that's following it. Actually, the easiest way to find it is probably go to the show notes the last episode that you were on because uh, I linked it in there. Two um, D is number three, and then Rain Man, who was part of a, a hip hop group that I actually. Um, he was part of a, a hip hop group called the Optimum, I think, and I actually bankrolled their first EP, um, which probably cost like two hundred bucks or something. But there you go. You're so, a record yeah, producer. It, yeah, I was. Yeah, nice mic I'm record. I haven't I've asked a, you to do a fucking oh, one. Yeah, that would be bad. I um, yeah, I, I even have the 
the old uh, logo for it, Nice Mike's Records. Anyway, yes. Oh, so I thought that was just a that was a promotional thing, but you actually had your own record label. Of a sort. Oh, the, the Mike Sounds Nice was the name of the the night, and then yeah, I yeah. did I did Nice Mike's Records because I thought, oh, I'll get into you know helping a couple of the young kids out, and I think I did them and another group, and then ran out of money. Strangely enough, um, <laughs> the music business a really good way to make a small fortune out of a larger fortune. Mm. Uh, so my my new uh, record for this week, the album is called I Told You So, and I think the new single is called Pull Your Pants Up, uh, which I think is a great theme for the summer. Who's, who's responsible for this? The Devlin Lamar Organ Trio. <laughs> uh, you got to love the end of the year. Uh, so you've run out of shit at the end oh, of the yeah, year, and, yeah. I, and I have, I, I have like six albums that I'd like to pick in the final week that yeah, I want to get off. My, mostly list. because I've, I've, like, I stopped giving up on music. No, I stopped picking random stuff, uh, like without listening to it, and so I've had at least a skim of of all the stuff that I've got left, and yeah. None of it's very good. So this was one I haven't actually listened to. It just it it popped up in my in my feed somewhere, and I had it bookmarked. I think I had it bookmarked as a Joker album, but we've already got a Joker album, so let's go with that. We can have multiple Joker albums for the final week of the year because mm. Joker albums usually get one play, and then they get um, quietly moved on. Get bin. So what what have you got that you would like to put into the like free pass? You can put as many into the world as you want that you might think might make the top five. So. Well, I'll just pop a few out and maybe we'll, we'll pick some. So all of the album of the year lists came out uh, in the last couple of weeks, and mm. it, it's really interesting to see how little they have in common these days. Okay. Like back in the day. like Yeah, there was like a consensus. Yeah, you know. you'd have like the, the top ten albums of the year between Rolling Stone and Triple J and all this sort of stuff would have some sort of commonality between them. Who's our, up- our least favourite songstress that um- – I didn't mind her first album, but we pretty much hated every album since. Oh, Del Rey. Yeah, Del yeah. Rey. Del like, Rey. That, that- she's, she's in there. Like, but if you get these top 100 or top 50 albums of the year, yeah. you'll find them between like the NME and Rolling Stone and Pitchfork and Triple J and that. I mean, obviously, these these come from different countries, so they tend to be very focused on their own stuff. Like just Triple J have lots of Australian stuff. NME will have a lot of British stuff. Pitchfork will have a lot of American indie stuff, as you know, and so on and so forth. But there were very few albums that popped up in in multiple ones. It was interesting to see um, your girl Sims popped up on yeah. the American yeah. and the English ones. Obviously, yeah. much higher in the English charts. Everyone um, getting the the wrong album. I know. <laughs> Isn't it frustrating? Yes, it's like. But there was a there was an album that that had been on my like long list of of potential albums to listen to this year. Um, that turned up pretty high on quite a, quite a few of these um, end of the year album charts, and that's the album by Turnstile. Now, when I thought Turnstile were the band who did um, "Spray Water on the Stereo," like a Triple J song from the nineties, um, interestingly, the nineties were the period where people, there were a lot of songs about doing things to your stereo. You had spray water mm. on your stereo, you had Eskimo Joe Jumping turning your up your stereo. stereo, and you had Supergrass pumping on your stereo, which mm. is going to damage it, I would have thought. But this is not the same band. This is Turnstile with an I instead of, instead of a Y. So all of that is to say that uh, Turnstile's album, they're, they're kind of a kind of a legacy act. I think they were kind of 90s, 2000s, a bit of a comeback, but their, their uh, album was really well thought of by Enemy and Pitchfork and a few others. So 
I would like to put their album forward as one album that I would really like to get on the record and find out. Get on the record, Jesus Christ! Um, uh, just find out whether 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 anyone knows what they're talking about. Yeah, it's a bit like that because if you look at the albums of the year, there's so little in in common between these um uh, between these uh these lists. But I just happened to find that 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 one turned up in I think it was like in the top ten of, of at least one or two of them. The album's called Glow On. That's why I feel like I'm padding, but yeah, Glow On is the album. Um, I think they're kind of I think they're kind of punk hardcore, but a little bit more a little bit more depth and and you know a little bit more sort of beyond that sort of. The other um, album I wanted to get on the register, my album of the year from 20, I want to say 18, The Drippers, because it's been Drippers. a long time since we've had some dirty old Scandinavian rock. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, I feel like we've underrepresented Scandinavia we've, this we've year. We've missed our fucking, we, we, we're kind of, we're down on, on Scandinavian rock. So, so that's the other, that's the other one that I would really like to get in. I mean, the Drippers have just dropped their new album. We've just dripped their new album. And, uh, I think it's literally called Scandinavian violence or something like along those lines. It's like we know who we are. We just do Scandinavian violence. Oh, I've 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 quite uh, come you know to appreciate the Scandinavian violence. So that'll be good. Scandinavian thunder, which is even better. It's so fucking. It's it's so on the money. Uh, anything else? Um, well, you can throw a few ideas out here. Batfangs have a new album out. Yeah, that was one that was on mine. Sort of floating around? Yeah, yep. And the other one I was thinking about was from uh, Australian uh, Ratbags, Pissed Idiots, just because Pissed Idiots is a great name for a band. <laughs> but I, I can almost tell that you would fucking hate that album. Well, it's not the Celebrate Rifles, so... <laughs> Uh, let's do it. All right. Sounds good, Doc. All right. So we'll, we'll have one more chat next week. And then, um, I don't know how much sitting in a sun in a hammock I'm going to be doing over the next week because it's supposed to rain like yeah. 40, 40 mils a day for the next yeah, 10 yeah. days. I mean, but- <laughs> last week was, I mean, this week it's supposed to piss rain all, all fucking week and it, it hasn't. It's been really quite warm. It's been kind of tropical. It's actually just been hot and sunny and then, and then pissing rain and then hot and sunny and then pissing rain. So, um, I don't mind that so much. So, we'll, yeah, we'll be back before the episode will probably drop, either just before the New Year's or just after New Year's, folks. Uh, yeah. And then we'll probably take probably yeah, take a couple of weeks, weeks. off to, to – we normally, we normally take about a week or two off to, to listen through and then uh, pop back in mid-January with our Album of the Year episode. And hopefully some um- – You can guarantee it will be untouched by NME. <sighs> Uh, yeah, because, you know, who knows what NBA chat we'll have to do in a month. It might be um, you versus me uh, in a Lakers and Celtics uniform to fight for the death for the title. I think I, I suspect we'll be just doing a hell of a lot of fucking Ashes coverage. <laughs> yeah, that's true, <laughs> which could be just as depressing. All right, Doc, lovely chatting with you. And you, mate. Now you have a great Christmas. Yes, I will. Right. Oh, hang on. I can't actually hear one of the cats complaining. Let me have a quick look. What's up, Milo? You can come hang out with me if you want. Cat's coming down here to hide from the dog, I think. Some uh, growing pains of 
sharing. Well, the, do- the dog is now twice started out the same size as the cat and is now twice the size of the cat. So, so I, I understand his concern. He's getting absolutely fucking monstered by this enormous pie consumer who's all energy and jumping about and slobber. And that's very, very uncat like. So, <laughs> well, I. And that's the truth about cats and dogs. <laughs>